Westbrook is a fifth-year rocket. What's next for Chris Paul? And Ezekiel Elliott wants more money. It's win or lose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Win or Lose. I hope everybody's having a great week. A lot's been going on in the sports world since we last talked. Russell Westbrook's been traded to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul and a couple of first-round draft picks. And to be honest with you guys, I don't know how I feel about this. On one hand, I like it and love it. On the other hand, I hate it and don't get it. Like I said, only time would tell how this draft trade, you know, how this draft picks for Russell Westbrook and with Chris Paul, it'll just... It'll take time to really, you know, see how it goes. I They played together in Oklahoma City, two guys who need the ball a lot. And they've really, like, both turned out to be MVPs in Harden and Westbrook. Instead of those young guys they were when they played together in Oklahoma City. Like I said, they both need the ball now. They're both one and two in usage rate. Usage rate. So it's going to be interesting to see how this combination works. I, like I said, I love it. Then I don't. I'm still trying to figure it out. But let's start with Russell Westbrook. I mean, he was 11 years in Oklahoma City. He's the franchise all-time leader in points. He really, you know, kept that organization relevant once Kevin Durant decided that he wanted to be there no more. Russell, you know, stayed loyal and said, I'm going to stay here and Let's try to, you know, keep this thing going and try to win some games. And to his credit, you know, Sam Presley bought in Paul George for him. And, you know, seemed like they were back to a playoff team, but they could never get over the hump, could never get out the first round. And I think everybody just finally came to their conclusion that, you know, it's ran its course. This, this team is not going to be any better than what they are, especially with the Western Conference getting better. So I think Paul George beat Russell Westbrook to the punch. I think Westbrook was going to ask for a trade, but George beat him to the punch. I think the general manager, you know, Sam Presti was, you know, he wanted to pull the trigger, but he was glad they came and said it first. It's kind of like two people that want to break up with each other. I don't want to break up. I want to break up with her, but I want her to be the one to break up. You know, it's kind of was one of those things. So Paul George was the first one who initiated it. And then Westbrook was like, hey, I want to go too. And Presti's like, thank you both because I wanted to rebuild anyway. You know, we're not going anywhere. So it kind of worked out for all guys. I think, you know, it was just a lot of things that kind of went with Oklahoma City's demise. I mean, bad contracts, I think, with Steven Adams and Andre Roberson. It was just, you know, they could never put the pieces together. You know, great talent. This franchise is going to be remembered for drafting Westbrook, Harton, and Kevin Durant. You also have Serge Ibaka. They've had great players and just couldn't, for some reason, couldn't win the championship. I don't know if it was a coaching or bad injuries at the bad time, but they just couldn't get over the hump. And, you know, they're going to make a 30 for 30 for this team. In 20 years, we're going to hear the 30 for 30 on the Oklahoma City Thunder, like what could have been. Because, you know, this could they could have been, you know, still running the NBA right now. Had they kept those three together, 
I think they definitely would have won championships. But all three are gone. No championships to show for it. And now they're starting from scratch. So it's kind of tough luck. That's how sports goes. You know, you sometimes you got you definitely got to be good and talented. But it also a lot of luck goes into that, too. So as far as the goes with the Rockets now, this definitely will be James Harden's team. You know, when they were in Oklahoma City as youngsters, Russell Westbrook was the better player. I think Harden is the better player now. He's been in Houston longer. It's definitely his team, his city now. So Westbrook's going to have to come in there and kind of adapt to that. Can he get used to that? I think it's an upgrade over Chris Paul. Westbrook is younger, more athletics, not as injury prone. So I think from that aspect, it definitely is an upgrade. And the Rockets have been close for the last couple of years. I think Golden State was really the only team you could say that was better than them in the Western Conference the last two years, but they couldn't get over the hump. But I definitely think the West is better now than it was those last two previous years. So uh, it's one of the things I like Mike D'Antoni is the coach of the Rockets and you guys know how I feel about him. I just, I don't think he's a type of coach that you can win a championship with. And he's also one of those coaches that Westbrook has always kind of had in Oklahoma City. You know, those soft-spoken, mild-mannered, not confrontational. I don't know if I like that type of coach for Westbrook because he's kind of got that demeanor and attitude that can kind of run over and, you know, push over that type of coach. I prefer him get a coach that's confrontational, that's going to get in his face and let him know he's not doing good. And Westbrook has had these, you know, Scott Brooks was, you know, kind of mild-mannered and didn't like confrontation. Then Billy Donovan was, you know, the same thing as Scott Brooks, you know, basically a clone of Scott Brooks. And then you got Mike D'Antoni, who's the same way. And I just don't know how that's going to work. I want somebody who's strong, who's going to confrontation, going to get in Westbrook's face. I think he will respect that type of coach more, too. You know, somebody who's going to let him, you know, be disciplined and poised with the ball down the stretch. He needs that. It's kind of like, you know, uh, like a, you know, like parenting. Like, you know, if your kids are acting their fool and you just walking around looking through your phone and they're jumping up and down and waking up in the morning, think we're supposed to eat ice cream for breakfast. And that's the kind of coaches I feel like Westbrook has had through his career and I just don't think this is going to be any different. I mean, I would like to see Westbrook off the ball a little bit more in Houston, maybe 12 to 15 shots instead of 20 to 25 shots. They got the talent with the guys coming back. They really didn't lose nobody but Paul, so they got Capella and Eric Gordon coming back, P.J. Tucker, Austin Rivers. They picked up a veteran in Tyson Chandler who should be good in the locker room. We'll see. It comes down to, like I said, it comes down to coaching and Harden and Westbrook. Is it going to be tug of war with the ball? It's my turn to shoot. You know, you know, it's the crazy thing. It kind of reminds me of a, a episode of Fresh Prince when uh, when Will was the guy and, you know, they was down by one. Him and Carlton were playing on the same team and Carlton stole the ball from him, his own teammate, to take the last shot. That's kind of, I hope it doesn't get to that point with the Rockets, but I can kind of see something like that, that happening. I hope not, but in D'Antoni's system, I'm not saying they're going to be the best team in the West, 
But I wouldn't be surprised if they had the best record in the West. The number one seed, I think it's going to be a lot of load management going on with the L.A. teams, the Lakers with LeBron resting and Clippers with Kawhi resting. So I wouldn't be surprised if Houston had the best record in the West. I know D'Antoni takes the regular season seriously. So if Houston had the best record in the West, I wouldn't be surprised. Does that necessarily mean they're the best team? No. So it's going to be interesting. I'm excited for NBA basketball, and this is one of the reasons why. Russell Westbrook, now a Houston Rocket. So what does this mean now for Chris Paul? Now that he has been traded from Houston to Oklahoma City, what does his career go from here? He's 34 years old. And he's kind of shown signs of decline, but he's still a good player. Not great like he once was, but still a good player and still will help out a team win games. I don't think Oklahoma where he wants to be. I mean, they're in rebuild mode. I think Chris Powell is at that stage of his career where he wants to win. I mean, he does have the worst contract in the NBA, in my opinion, and I make no bones about it. I called it out as soon as it happened. I said the Rockets will regret it. You know, Chris Powell is not, you know, $40 million a year for Chris Powell at this stage of his career was a mistake. But, you know, Houston did it, and now they traded after one year. But now he goes to Oklahoma City. And there's always been talk where Chris Powell doesn't get along with teammates. You heard Kenya Martin has called him out. Big Baby. Him and Blake Griffin didn't have the best relationship. And, I mean, it's starting to, you know, rear his ugly head for Chris Powell. I think nobody really wants to play with him, but he's still a good player. So it's kind of, you know, you want to win too, but you want to have the locker room right. So I think this is kind of like, you know, kind of. I think this trade is kind of like, going to show him like he needs to you know get his act together go in the locker room and be a leader don't be too overbearing and demanding you know everybody's not as good as you but at some point you can't teach a you know old dog new tricks it's just who he is and some players can deal with it and some players can't I don't know what Chris Paul is going to do next, but I think he deserves a chance to win. I mean, this is the president of the Players Association. I mean, I think he's one of the main reasons why these big contracts are being dealt out left and right. Some players don't deserve them. He's one of them, but I think he is the reason why the one of the main reasons why the players are getting these nice contracts. I think, like I said, I think he deserves better. And I think the Thunder are trying to work on something to get him out of there. But it's like, who's willing to take on that contract? Four years, $160 million, three left on the deal. And you're going to find it's going to be hard for some teams that's willing to take on that. But we'll see. But like I said, I, it's, not, it's bad enough you're in Oklahoma. But not only am I in Oklahoma, but we're not even going to be good. That just makes it even worse. And Chris Paul, you know, even though he has not won a championship, Every team he's been on has been competitive and has been in the mix. He's used to playing in playoff games. He's used to being on the winning team. And he's used to, you know, being in primetime games, you know. Chris Paul's used to, you know, those type of things. And it's kind of hard, you know. It's like, 
like being an actor and you're used to, you know, Paramount Pictures or, you know, Lionsgate. You're used to, you know, your, your movie going to the movie theaters and selling tickets and everything. And then you turn around and, you know, your next movie on Lifetime. It's going to be hard for Chris Paul to adjust to that. He's not used to losing. He's really going to blow up. I mean, he has an attitude when he's on winning teams. So can you imagine him being on a loser? I don't think he'll be in Oklahoma City too long. I think they will find somebody who will take on that contract and get him out of there and get him playing winning basketball on winning teams that he's used like he's used to. I got five teams I think Chris Paul would be good on. I'm not saying they'll immediately be a championship team, but they'll be relevant and definitely be a playoff team. You know, number one, I think is the Miami Heat. I think the Heat have been mediocre for years since LeBron left. It's kind of, you know, you can get lost in the shuffle down there in Miami. There's so much to do. I think the Heat need to bring Chris Paul in there, pair him with Jimmy Butler, kind of spice things up a little bit, get Miami the Heat heat relevant and get them good and fans want to come out and see them. Pat Riley make the deal. You don't have nothing to lose. You guys got some nice young pieces. I think adding a veteran like Chris Paul wouldn't hurt. Number two, I think the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Bucks are a solid point guard away from being a championship team. I hate that they lost Brogdon. They decided to give Eric Bledsoe the money instead of Brogdon. I thought that was a mistake. I think you can get rid of Bledsoe, bring Chris Paul in there, somebody with some structure, because it seems like the Bucks just struggle in half-court basketball. Get a good, solid point guard in there like Chris Paul. Get the Greek freak and Chris Middleton in the right spots, right places. I think that'll be a good team for Chris Paul to help get over the hump. Number three, I also think another young team that needs some veteran leadership, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Get Chris Paul in there, you know, a leadership, you know, just come in there. You see how he handles his business. Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins need somebody like that who they can look up to. They had Jimmy Butler in there. He's yelling and wants to fight and all that. Just get Chris Powell in there, older veteran, and knows how to talk to the guys. Get them in the right spots, and I think Minnesota would be a playoff team. Number four, I doubt if it happens, but the Detroit Pistons, they need a point guard. I think Reggie Jackson has been a disappointment. You can bring Chris Powell in there. I think the Pistons could be a good playoff upper echelon team in the East, but it's going to be difficult pairing him back up with Blake Griffin. You know, they've had issues with the Clippers, but, I mean, they're both older now. You can't hold a grudge forever. At some point, you got to grow up. I think the Pistons would be a good fit for Paul. And number five, I think the San Antonio Spurs. If Pop could find a way to get Chris Paul in there, keep DeRozan and keep Aldridge and the nice little pieces you got around him, I think the Spurs would be relevant again. It'd be a good for both of them, Paul and, Sp- and the Spurs. I think that'd be a good matchup teaming him up with Greg Popovich. I think the Spurs would be back in business. But Chris Powell for now is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know how long it will last. Um, who knows? But I want him to get on a decent team so he can really be back in the playoffs and show what he can do. Chris Powell for now with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now that the smoke is cleared, 
with the NBA free agency and trades have been made, I'm going to give you my top 10 teams right now going into next season. This could be subject to change. You know, anything could happen, injuries, more trades. But as of right now, here are my top 10 teams in the NBA. Number 10, I think, are the Portland Trailblazers. They got a lot of confidence going into next year, making to the Western Conference Finals with Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum coming back. They got Nurchis coming back from that injury he had, picked up Whiteside from the Miami Heat. Still got a great coach in Terry Stotts. I think Portland will be right in the mix in the Western Conference. Like I said, they finally got some playoff wins under their belt. They finally won some series, so their confidence will be a little bit high. I think Portland is still a contender. Number nine, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics. No Kyrie distraction this year. Will he come back? Will he go moping around? Not kind of being the leader the young guys needed. I think now that he's gone, it takes a little pressure off, you know, no no more problems and getting upset and his attitude problems. That's gone. Now you bring a better locker room guy in and Kimba Walker, who I think will be a better mix with the young guys, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Hopefully they can take another take another step in their maturity and make the Celtics a better team. Brad Stevens kind of likes the underdog role. He's usually good, better at that than being the favorite. I think they now are back to being the underdog role. They couldn't handle the favorites last year. Gordon Hayward, another another year healthy off that terrible leg injury. I think he will be better. I think Boston's still a good team and will surprise some teams in the East. Number eight, I got the Utah Jazz. I like the trade for Conley. They kind of got a pure point guard out there now who get everybody in the right spots, run the team. They always been a good defensive team with Gobert. You can bring move Donovan Mitchell to the two. I think he's better off the ball. One of the, my favorite coaches, you know, Quinn Snyder. I think Utah adding Jeff Green, another good wing defender. I like what they're doing. Badjanovic bringing him in from the Pacers. Utah will be another team in the mix in the Western Conference and a loaded Western Conference. Number seven, I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. They won't be sneaking up on teams this year, finishing with the second best record in the West last year. So they won't surprise anybody this year. You know, I think the thing with Denver is they just need to mature. You know, they don't really need to go out and get no guys signed. For, you know, just with your young guys, just mature. Get a little bit more experience. I think that's what's going to make them better this year. It's just, you know, more experience. That's all they need. They got Murray, Jokic. Gary Harris, you know, you still got the veteran in Millsap. Denver is still going to be right in the thick of things. I like what they're doing. Just keep growing and maturing. Number six, I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. Adding Russell Westbrook and getting rid of Chris Paul is an upgrade. You still got your veterans with James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. You picked up Tyson Chandler. You still got Clint Capella. It's just this team. They'll be a monster on offense. I don't know about defense. My problem with them, how it always has been with them, is the coach, Mike D'Antoni. Can you win with this guy in the playoffs? I'm not worried about the regular season with the Rockets. I honestly think they might be the number one seed in the Western Conference. Once the smoke clears, that necessarily doesn't mean they're going to be the best team once the playoffs start. But right now at six, I got the Houston Rockets. Number five, I got the Golden State Warriors. For the life of me, I don't understand how people think this team is just going to fall off the map. Some people even saying they might not make the playoffs. I just think it's ridiculous. 
you know, with their leadership and experience of winning games, I mean, they're still a top five team to me. They won't, you know, they have some chip on their shoulders because the way Durant left and people are counting them out. You still got Steph Curry. I think he's going to go back to an MVP candidate next year. Draymond Green is going to come back in shape this year. He didn't last year. You got Klay Thompson, who I think is going to come back, you know, at the end of December, January. So he's he still got plenty of time to play his way into shape. They're not going nowhere. I think they still got the good a good coach and great talent on this team. They still a top five team, and nobody in the West would want to play Golden State. Number four, I got the Milwaukee Bucks. Losing Brockton might hurt them, but they still got the Greek Freak, who's only going to get better. They bring back Chris Middleton. Hopefully, Eric Bledsoe gets better. He had a disastrous playoffs. Hopefully, he comes back with a chip on his shoulder. In the Eastern Conference, I think they're still going to be a load. They're still going to be tough to beat. They're still going to be one of the best teams. And they're going to be right there at the end, just like they were this year. Number three, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. I like what the Sixers did in the offseason, going to get Al Horford. You know, you still got Embiid. I see Ben Simmons in the gym working on his jump shot. You lose Jimmy Butler, which is a bad thing, but it could also be a good thing. I don't think the chemistry was right in that locker room. You bring back Tobias Harris, and you get better defensively, but I'm still kind of worried. they still going to have to go out there and get some shooters. They lose J.J. Redick, but I think defensively and with the depth of this team, I think right now, on paper, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Number two, I got the Los Angeles Lakers. With LeBron and Anthony Davis, you can't go wrong there. The thing is, like, LeBron coming off a big injury, you know, his first injury of his career, really, is he going to be okay? Anthony Davis has always had little knick-knack injuries. But I like what they did, you know, after not getting Kawhi, they still was able to go out and get some good guys. They brought Rondo back, Avery Bradley, went and got Boogie Cousins. I like what the Lakers are doing. They got a deep roster. LeBron's going to be motivated. First time missing the playoffs in 14 years. Anthony Davis, his first time really being on the big, you know, big stage. Really on a team that really has a chance to win a championship. This Laker team is going to be tough. I wonder how serious LeBron's going to take the regular season. I don't know. But I know once playoffs start, they're going to be right there at the end. And the number one team, I think, right now, going into the 2019-2020 season, the Los Angeles Clippers. Bringing in Kawhi and Paul George with Doc Rivers as your head coach. And then still keeping some of your main pieces from last year. I love the, I like this Paul George and Kawhi, I think they complement each other perfectly. Clippers are going to be one of the best defensive teams, going to be one of the best offensive teams. Like I said, they got a great coach, a championship coach in Doc Rivers. Patrick Beverly to go with George and Kawhi. This team's going to be, t- it's going to be tough to score on this team. They're going to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. You still got Lou Williams coming off the bench. Him man, Montrez Harrell. This Clipper team, I think right now is the best team in the league. And it's going to be interesting to see how they do as the hunted finally this is going to be a good season i'm looking forward to it my top 10 teams heading to the nba season
Ezekiel Elliott wants more money. He didn't report to Cowboys camp, and it looks like he's going to hold out with two years left on his deal. And this puts the Cowboys in a, a tough spot because Zeke has been their most productive player since he's come in the league you know, three years ago. You know, they got... He still has two years left on his contract, but he is being underpaid, especially with the production that he has given them since he's, you know, came in the league. But, you know, nowadays it's kind of tricky because the running back position, you know, it's kind of like a car. Once you drive it off the lot, it kind of loses its value. You know, Zeke has been, you know, taking a lot of carries. He's been rushing a lot. You know, the NFL is starting to be more of a passing league, and I don't know. I think he deserves his money. I think ultimately he might get his money, whether it's Dallas or somewhere else. But he put it kind of putting them in the Cowboys in a tough situation. They still got Dak who they want to pay. You know, Jalen Smith. You know, they got that good corner they want to pay money to. And they got uh, Amari Cooper. So... It's going to be tough. Some decisions are going to have to be made, and some players might end up on on other teams. But I think Zeke deserves his money, but it's kind of like we got to trust you off the field also, Zeke. You know, you had that incident, you know, a couple of months ago where you got into it with a security officer. You, you know, Goodell let you off the hook and didn't suspend you for that. And a couple of years ago, you know, the incident with your ex-girlfriend where you got suspended for six games. So don't get me wrong. You deserve your money, but you also got to be smart off the field, too. And you still got two years on your deal. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I think he deserves his money. But like I said, his immaturity. He's also a running back. I feel like pretty soon there's going the running back position going to be extinct. Or they treat you, you know, they treat you, to me, they treat you like a pair of socks or something, you know, take you off and somebody else comes in. I mean, we've seen a lot of, you know, running backs who come in who, like, look at James Conner last year in Pittsburgh. You know, we can go down a list of running backs who were drafted in the second round or third round or later who have been productive in this league. So, Cowboys probably feel like, you know, we can you know, plug and play. We can throw somebody in there and with this offensive line, they can produce for us, Zeke. So it's kind of hard because, you know, the running back is also like that position. Like they really haven't, you know, there's rules for every, you can't touch the quarterback. You know, they protect the receiver, defensive, you know, you, you know, he's, you know, he's defenseless. Don't, you can't hit him when he, you know, things like that for the receiver. And the running back is still, you know, you get the, 20 carries, you get hit, there is no nothing to protect the running back, so their value goes down pretty quick, and Zeke has a lot of, had a lot of carries, he's been productive, I don't know how this is going to end, I think eventually, you know, because Dak's a better quarterback when Zeke is out there, you know, he was exposed a couple of years ago, they want to give him all this money, I think it comes as a package. You know, you can't have Dak without Zeke. That's already been proven, I think. I think Dak without Zeke is, you know, not good. 
but like the Cowboys could be thinking we could have anybody back there. I don't think that's the case. Zeke is one of the best running backs in the league. I don't think you can replace him with just anybody back there. And Dak would be the first one to tell you that. So I think eventually he will get his money. It's going to be kind of tricky, you know, with two years left on it. But I think eventually Zeke will get his money. Now, Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, I think that's a trickier situation. Even though I kind of feel like he's in the same boat as Zeke as far as, like, his quarterback being better. You know, this is the best running back Phillip Rivers has had since LaDainian Tomlinson. You know, they're back in the playoffs. He had a great season last year. Why come he can't get his money? He has one year left. He doesn't want to go out there and get injured and then blow everything. We've seen that happen last year with Earl Thomas. Luckily, Baltimore gave him money, but you see him, he broke his foot. He was trying to get a deal from Seattle. They didn't. They let him play it out. He ended up injuring himself, playing for the team, and that just ended ugly. I think the last year, these deals, these players are like, I want to get, I want to get my money. I don't want to play in on a, no one-year contract. Michael Thomas holding out with New Orleans. You see that situation happening down there. So it's like I kind of understand why these players don't like these franchise deals. These, you know, play out the contract and we'll see. No, with injuries, all the pounding these players take, I think they shouldn't have to play you know, on those one-year contracts. Give them an extension. You know what type of player they are. You, you, if you like them, you already know right then. Then, right there. If you like them, you like them. You know that by now. Don't let them go out there and play, you know, the last season, end up getting hurt, and then you get rid of them, have that excuse to get rid of them, and they get nothing. And then, you know, some of them don't even play in the league no more. It's a couple of players who, you know, are going to end up being good players. And now they're hurting. They might not get another chance. Like Jay Ajay, he might not get another chance in the NFL because he had one year left on his deal, ended up getting hurt, and you see the effects of that. So I think I think these players deserve their money. Michael Thomas should get paid. Melvin Gordon should get paid. Even though Ezekiel Ellis, Elliott still has two years left on his contract, I still think he is over, you know, He's make he should deserves more money than that. I mean, he's been the most productive back since he's been in the league. And I think eventually he'll get his money. It's a tricky situation in the NFL. I'm with the players. Tyreek Hill will be able to play football this season. The NBA found no wrongdoings in the child abuse allegations that were, you know, put against him. They did their work. They looked into it and they found nothing. I know a lot of people are upset about this. You know, there's been issues in Tyreek Hill's past with the domestic abuse with his girlfriend in college. You know, he got on probation, had to take anger management class. And then, you know, fast forward to this year, you know, he has these issues. His three-year-old had a broken arm. They thought it might have been some abuse going on. They did their reports. They did their due diligence, and they seen nothing wrong. I think the kid might have slipped and trying to, you know, brace for his fall. He, you know, broke his arm. 
And Tyreek Hill definitely is fortunate to get out of this situation. It seems like he should have learned from his past problems. You know, that's why he dropped in the draft. Because he had these same issues. Domestic abuse with his girlfriend. And now the mother of his kid. Then he had his teammate Kareem Hunt lose, you know, his season last year from the same issues. So you was thinking, like, how can you let this same thing happen again? It's kind of, you know, these guys need to, like, take some things into consideration. You got more to lose. Your football career, you know, your public image is going to take a hit. They had him on videotape, and it just seemed like, I don't know if Tyreek Hill did anything wrong. I don't know. They they didn't find anything, but it just seemed like he might have been getting set up. It kind of seems with the girlfriend or fiance or whoever she is had him on videotape trying to, you know, bait him into saying that he hits his kids and he's beating them and he had something to do with the broken arm. And Tyreek said in college she made up the whole made up everything as far as the domestic abuse so it's like Tyreek Hill needs to get around better people if you're not going to be with this girl just be raise the kid as one but your football career has been saved again I think this is your second strike three strikes and you out Tyreek you just got to be you know self-awareness you know this can be taken away from you. You're one of the best players in the league. I think you get out there. The Chiefs offense will be better than it was last year. You got a chance to win a Super Bowl. You got off with one. Put it behind you. I don't want to hear no more issues. Play football. Be the best player you can be. And I don't have a problem with the NFL's decision. Like I said, they did everything they could. They licked it, looked into it. They opened the case back up. You know? I think it's, he did nothing wrong. Let's move on. I know, I know a lot of people are upset on Twitter and everything about this situation. But I think it was handled the right way. And let's just move on. Tyreek Hill needs to smarten up, be a better you know, parent for his kid, stay out of trouble, and help the Chiefs win a Super Bowl this year. He got away with one. Tyreek Hill will be on the field in the 2019 season. Thanks for joining me for another week of Win or Lose.